this is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. Tonight's episode is episode number 45 and one. Ladies and gentlemen, as we start 2020, today is January 8th, 2020. This is going to be season two of the Extravagant Promises podcast. I'm your host, Gregory. My name is Gregory, and I'm an alcoholic. I have a sponsor, and my sponsor has a sponsor. I recently celebrated my fifth sober Christmas, my fifth sober Thanksgiving, and my fifth sober New Year's. This summer, my sobriety date is July 19, 2015, and I have enjoyed almost five years of continuous uninterrupted sobriety. I say these things because tonight's episode is going to be the first of several that I post in which I am attempting to offer a podcast episode that mirrors what one might find in a typical AA meeting, not to make this public, but instead to offer as a form of service a meeting so that if if you are, again, you know, I travel a lot in my past and and now, and there are just times, you know, I, I, this past holiday season, I went 14 days, you know, I was in Jamaica, I was in Miami, and and yes, could I have gotten to a meeting? Yes. Was I sick for part of it? Yeah. You know, is there, it's tough in some places to get to a meeting, and I know there are other platforms out there. I'm not suggesting that this takes the place of an AA meeting. I'm not suggesting that you um, should use this as your sole source of AA meetings. I'm not even suggesting that this is approved. I mean, I think the big book says right at the beginning, you need two or more people to have an AA meeting. But what I am trying to do in this upcoming episode is offer something that listeners could say, okay, I I like what this guy's message is. I like listening to it. You know, I haven't been to a meeting in a while or I can't get to a meeting or I'm, you know, I'm sitting in an airport terminal and there are a whole bunch of people around me and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're drinking and I just, I want to listen to a, a something that, that brings me into the rooms as close as I can. You know, maybe you're on a plane and you can't participate in one of those virtual meetings or, or whatever. You just need to listen to this podcast and, and feel like you're you're in the rooms when you're here. So, again, um, my four basic premises, this is not an AA meeting in terms of approved literature or an approved on-the-website meeting. Um, it is a solo meeting that I'm offering, and I will get to that in a moment. But please don't consider that I'm holding myself out as something I'm not. Uh, Number two, I'm not a mental health professional, and I encourage everyone to have a mental health program in conjunction and supplementing their 12-step work. Number three, uh, this is an entirely free, commercial-free, advertisement-free. I will never solicit money. I will never accept money for this. There are no donations or contributions at all. 
This is a pure act of service and charity on my part. Number four, spirit, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. Please protect mine. Um, I am very vulnerable by offering myself out here. I know others are, and when they communicate with me, I will respect yours at all times. Please do as well for me. So, on with the show. This is the Extravagant Promises podcast. Again, this is episode number 45. This is the solo meeting number one. Alcoholics Anonymous is not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. There are no fees or dues whatsoever. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. We are not allied with any particular faith, sect, or denomination nor, nor do we oppose anyone. We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. At present, our membership is pyramiding. So far, there are millions of actual and potential alcoholics in the world, and we've only made a scratch. In all probability, we shall never be able to touch more than a fair fraction of the alcohol problem in all its ramifications. Upon therapy for the alcoholic himself, we surely have no monopoly. Yet, it is our great hope that all those who have as yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of the big book and will presently join us on the high road to a new freedom. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. And, and for those who may be new to the rooms, this is called how it works. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol. Cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. 
We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Continued to take personal inventory, number 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, what an order, I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. C, that God could and would if he were sought. If you could, just take a moment, if you're listening, and you can whisper to yourself or say it out loud. God could and would if he were sought. I think that's an important uh, mantra that that I was taught early in the rooms. I heard people say that um, at, at my home group presently. They do not uh, recite along when they say that, and that's fine. I've been to meetings where people stood up when they read the steps. I've been to meetings where one person reads a step, then they pass it on there. I've seen all kinds of meetings. But I will say this. Rarely have I seen a meeting that has the juice, so to speak. And I'm not saying never, but rarely, where they don't read how it works. And I think that my podcast, you know, I don't want to read how it works every time on every episode but what I do want is for these meeting, these kind of solo meetings, as I'm calling them, solo meeting number one is this one. I do want to read how it works, and I want you to listen along with me. You might be sitting in Southwest uh, Airlines, you know, on a flight from St. Louis to Denver, and there's two screaming kids on either side of you, and their parents are sitting in front of you deciding to go ahead and take take the stewardess up on her, excuse me, flight attendant up on her you know, uh, no unlimited martinis or unlimited, uh, bloody Mary's, you know, uh, uh, offer. And, and you're, you're, you're holding on by thread, you know, to your serenity and your sanity, plug in the earphones, listen to this meeting. Maybe you can't get to a meeting. Maybe you got a business function right after this. Maybe, maybe you can, and you should get to a live meeting. Maybe all you can do is just listen to this again, not trying to be something different, not trying to be a different kind of meeting. Just trying to be 
an option for you to hear and to listen and to get some serenity as you are trudging the road of happy destiny. This is the daily reflection for January 8, 2020. Do I have a choice? The fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called will power becomes practically non-existent. Alcoholics Anonymous, page 24. My powerlessness over alcohol does not cease when I quit drinking. In sobriety, I still have no choice. I can't drink. The choice I do have is to pick up and use the kit of spiritual tools. Alcoholics Anonymous, page 25. When I do that, my, my higher power relieves me of my lack of choice and keeps me sober one more day. If I could choose not to pick up a drink today, where then would, buy, would my... <laughs> Where then would be my need for AA or a higher power? Um, this is an incredible topic, and I am so glad that I chose it as, <laughs> that I chose it, powerful, powerless. I did not choose it. It's January 8th, and it was chosen for me by the Daily Reflections. I'm so glad that I read it because the truth of it is, is that it is a topic that I find so fascinating because I, you know, recently I saw a article in the New York, I believe it was the New York Times um, book review, and it was an article about a book. I won't name the book because I haven't read it. And I don't want to comment on a book that I haven't read, and I don't want to critique it. I don't want to support it. But essentially, part of what I understood from the book review was there's a knock on AA or criticism of AA, among other things, being, well, I just won't get into all that about the politics and things like that, but, but, but there was this concept of powerful. You know, you are powerful, and you are not an alcoholic, or you don't have to say you're an alcoholic, but also you don't have to you know, this notion of powerlessness is harmful to you and your recovery. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a conundrum. I mean, this idea that it's like, um, I, I, I just feel like people with more sobriety have the answers to it than I do. You know, I admitted I was powerless over alcohol and that my life had become unmanageable. Well, you know, if if you're going to sit here and it, to me, if you're debating whether you're powerless over alcohol, you're powerless. You know, define power. I'm powerful over it. I can stop, but that means I can pick up again. You know, like, okay, if you're powerful over alcohol, quit forever. You know, and and then, and that's the whole thing is, you know, your life, you know, can we agree your life is unmanageable? <laughs> I'm powerless over these things in my life that seem to be going wrong. Can we agree on that? You know, and it's like, well, it's my choice and my power to pick up, my power not to pick up. Yes, it is you who physically must not pick up. And that is powerful and that is a power. But 
the ability to the ability to find serenity is a superpower. It is a superpower endowed. It's a godlike power that is not given to us. We are given the the beauty of it. We're given the grace of it by a godlike solution, a godlike program, a god-sized program called Alcoholics Anonymous. So, you know, the fact is that for most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, the fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. And that's so true. I mean, you know, I could be powerful in so many ways. And I wasn't, you know, and, 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 and I think this is one of those subject matters that is both, the reason that I love it so much is because it is, it's like, um, it's like a safety razor or one of those razor blades that, you know, it gives you the best shave. You know, it's like those Japanese knives you've got, not the, the Ginsu, well, I love my Ginsu, I'll tell you, I've had that thing forever. But it's, it's, it's like the Japanese knives that are just so razor sharp and you've cut yourself on it. You know, if, if, you, if you handle it right and you follow the directions and you're careful, you won't get cut. But boy, that thing could take the top of your finger off in a heartbeat. And I think that's similar to the discussion of powerlessness. You can play this powerful game. Well, you know, is it human power, that willpower? What about willpower? The willpower not to pick up a drink. Well, for some reason, you keep picking up. Now, maybe your life, maybe you're not living under a bridge. Maybe you're not, you know, um, selling your body for sex. Maybe you're not stealing and things like that. But, but for some reason, you, you keep finding yourself like, well, I'll have a cocktail. And, and maybe you can have five cocktails and not get completely hammered and, you know, throwing a chair through the living room window. That doesn't mean that you have power over alcohol. You know, I, I just, anyway, it's, it's a great topic. I would love for you to comment on this. And um, one thing about this meeting, the, the solo meeting that, that I'd like to invite people, please reach out to me with your share on the topic. Um, if you want to share like you would in a meeting, do it on Instagram at, at Extravagant Promises Podcast or um, send me an email, Gregory, letter B, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-B, at extravagantpromisespodcast.com. But anyway, it's a fascinating topic. I'm so glad that that was the daily reflection. And it's a good one, for sure. <clears throat> okay, touchstones, January 8th. In wildness is the preservation of the world. Henry David Thoreau. Nature confronts us with its beauty in a, in a flower or a furry animal. The awesomeness of nature is in a lightning bolt or a majestic mountain. Every variety of tree has its own uniquely textured bark. Each annual ring in a tree trunk is a natural record of the growing conditions in each year it grew. These things remind us we are not in charge and we are moved by the experience. This wildness is everywhere around us and we are renewed by it when we interact with it. At night in the city, we look up and see the ancient moon. <coughs> Excuse me. When we live with a pet, it reminds us we are creatures too. We are part of this larger whole. We don't just appreciate nature. We are nature. 
when we open our eyes. I'm sorry. <coughs> when we open our eyes and learn to be a part of it, it renews and lifts our spirit, our spirits. God, today I will notice my relationship with the sun and moon, with the plants and animals in my world. There again, you know, it's, it's this idea of powerfulness and power and, and who has dominion over you. Who has dominion over you? What has dominion over you? And what do you have dominion, responsibility, accountability, power, control over? Really anything? Is there anything other than your attitude and the words that come out of your mouth and, and the way you move your body that you have any control over? I mean, you can say things, you can think things, and you can do things. Um, and when you pick up a drink, you are demonstrating that you do not have control over alcohol because it now is, it, it has its own life force. The only way to, quote, control alcohol is to not pick it up at all. It's like, you think that, and this is why these two readings go together. Look at snakes. You think you have power over that, you know, that snake that's venomous? One bite, it'll kill you. Just one bite. It can bite you ten times. It can envenomate you. I heard that. I read that. That's a word. Envenomate. I think it is. Envenomate. It can envenomate you on multiple levels with one bite. And think about that with alcohol. It's just that one drink. It can envenomate you. It's not the 20th drink that kills you. It's that first drink that envenomates you. And then boom, we're dead. Boom. All the serenity is gone. Boom. That glass wall that you look through and you see your higher power. You see your maker, your creator, your the thing you love more than anything. You see your serenity. You see your family. You see all those things. Boom. That thing is now suddenly like an old ice block that you can't see through anymore. And then slowly it hardens. It cracks and it turns to concrete. And there ain't no getting through that thing now. And your serenity and your God and your higher power and your love and your, and your cherished thoughts and feelings and all that is on the other side. You no longer have power over anything because you picked up, because you decided the link wasn't good enough. Don't do that. Don't do that today. I think in the future for these meetings um, that we're having, I'm going to read three or four readings. But as you can tell um, from my voice, I am not feeling 100%. And it is, uh, I was told at urgent care that I've got the onset of bronchitis and that um, I can get ready for two weeks of feeling sick. I was kind of like, did I need to come in here and pay a $60 copay to hear that? You know, what I wanted them to do was give me a shot of something that would make me feel good, that I could control it. I can control medicine. Give me a shot of something that makes me, I'm not talking about drugs or anything, you know, illegal or, you know, mind altering. I'm saying, give me a shot of Celestone. It's going to just knock this cold out, you know, and they're just like, oh, no, we're going to give you this cough syrup. <clears throat> that won't work or will work, but it'll work the way we want it to work and not the way you want it to work. Anyway, sorry for the ramble. 
We're getting off to a good start here in 2020. But hey, this is, this is you know, you're sitting there, you know, it's a two hours and 45 minutes into your flight. You're about to just be like, you know, damn it, stewardess. God, I keep saying it. Flight attendant, excuse me. Um, give me that, give me that drink. Don't do it. Put on the headphones, listen to this, listen to some of the other podcasts. Go find another, you know, read, read the big, you know what, just listen. Just close your eyes and listen. And just know this. Know this right now. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and will gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Dear God, my higher power, please first come into my head before I get there. Second, please bless and care and have mercy upon every person who listens to this podcast. Please bring them the recovery and the relief that they're looking for, if it's your will. Please, for the sick and suffering inside this room, inside all rooms, and most importantly, outside the rooms, please have mercy and, and grant them recovery and relief. God, please, for today, help me stay sober. Keep me sober. And grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen.